Thank you for watching. Our next guest has been in the education sector for over 20 years. She's an educator, a curriculum developer, and a mentor to many. She strives to inspire the hopeless and educate the disadvantaged. And she's here to talk to us about it today. Please help me welcome Shandine White. Shandine, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing fabulous. Thank you for asking. Awesome. It's so good to have you today. I know you are, you are in England, UK right now. Yes, I am. All right, but before we dive into that, let's learn a little bit more about Shandine. Who are you? What's your background? Good question. Well, I was born and raised in Kingston, Jamaica, actually, in a male-dominant household. My mom and I were the only females, which means that if my brothers were playing football, I was playing it with them. If they were climbing a tree, I was climbing a tree as well. And I, it was good, it was good, you know. It wasn't the, what you'd consider to be one of the best of environment growing up. But we, were, we felt relatively safe as children. We were happy, we played outside, we had fun. We, we enjoyed, I enjoyed my childhood in Jamaica. Missed that country very much. What was your education like growing up? I can remember as early as six years old. <laughs> When my dad took me to school, you know, the first day of primary school, your parents take you to school and stuff. And I remember when I went up to the teacher and they were giving me something to read because they were trying to decide which class to put me into because I never went to have that test that you're supposed to do normally when you're getting into a primary school. So they, they asked me to do a test and to, to do a reading. <laughs> And I can remember, I was just standing there staring at the, the, the lady, just wondering, what is she asking me to do? And as a result, they end up putting me in 1D. Now, back home, consider 1D to be the fourth brightest class. Eh? Let's call it that. The fourth brightest out of four? Pretty much. Yes. No, that's the class where nobody wants to go into. Right. The lost cause class. Yeah. Right. And then year two comes around and I was placed in 2C. It continues on to grade three, year three. But something's changed in year three with me. I don't know what it is, but something changed because by the end of year three, I was actually placed in 4A. Now, this is the brightest class now of all the year, the year four grades. So you have 4A, 4B, 4C, 4D, and I remember the principal said, how can she jump from 3C to 4A? And they gave me three tests to make sure that I deserve to be in that class. And of course I was. So I finished out my primary years in five year grade five, A, six, A, did my exam. But in those days, it was called common entrance and I was placed in a secondary school, in a high school. Personally, I think I was overlooked because of class. Classism. You're in a certain class, you're treated a certain way, you know, you're, you're, uh, they already judge you. And I, I did my best with the support system I had because I had, I had a mom that was very much involved in what we were doing. As a matter of fact, she drummed that into us as children. I never had an education. I'm going to make sure if I give you nothing else, you have an education. So 
I, I had that support and I did the best I could with my parents' support. You know, when you finish year 11, you know, you do your GCSEs or back home, you say you do your CXEs. I remember when I got my results and I went to sixth form, I took it upon myself and went and did the sixth form interview and got in for sixth form and went home and gave my mom and showed my mom the, the what do you call it, like a check with, with the tuition payment. And this is exactly what my mom said. She, first she asked, what was it? What is this? I said, mom, it's the tuition for post 16. She said, this is what she said. Go look, walk. You know, she said, we have four more people to send to school. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> anyway, I understand why she said it. You know, it was a bit hard. You know, when your friends are going to sixth form and you ain't going, it's, it's a bit hard. But I, I, I went and I looked a job. Yeah, I did. I had to go and look a job. But guess what I did? I never stopped going to school. I started going to evening school. As a matter of fact, that was when I did my first IT course, computer studies course. Because in high school, in my days, we, IT wasn't a part of the curriculum. And we're talking about in the in the mid 90s. When when is this? Yes, the mid 90s, the famous 90s. There. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're right about that. Now here's where it gets interesting. Now, I was working with the government in Jamaica and a couple young adults like myself at the time, because we were we were in our late teens, but for some reason they hired like 10 of us and we became friends. And I had this particular girlfriend who her mom died. Unfortunately, her mom died. And I, I, we went to the funeral, you know, we supported her as a friend. And I remember when, after the funeral and everything, I, and we're, you know, we're planning, what are you going to do next year? What are you going to do next year? And she said, I'm going to university. And I was like, really? I want to go to university, but you know, I just never thought I could afford it. But when she, she said, I'm going to go to university, something clicked. My mom is alive. Her mom is dead and she's going to university. So you know what I did? I went up to the University of Technology, put in my application mark. I don't know where I'm going to get the tuition from. <laughs> I don't know, I'm just going, I'm just being bold. I'm going after my ambition. I want to go to university. As a matter of fact, I want to be a teacher. I've always wanted to be a teacher. I don't, I don't know, I, I've always wanted to be a teacher. But what do I wanted to teach? I didn't know at the time. But that IT course that I did, it sent me in that direction. Because when I went to the university, when I looked into the brochure, I realized they were offering a degree in computer science and accounting. And I did accounting in high school. It was my favorite subject as a matter of fact. So of course it was the perfect degree program. Applied everything, got accepted. Mm -hmm. So of course I went to my mom again. Okay. Mom, guess what? I got into uni. Okay, how are we gonna do this now? I said, okay, don't worry. We work out something. You know, someone introduced me to the student loan bureau and the rest is history. I went to university, but in my second year of university, I got a full scholarship. Tell us about the scholarship. What is it? The, the department, the faculty selected because there was this bank in Jamaica that wanted to sponsor a student that was studying business or accounting. So the faculty, they selected five students to, to for the, the bank. The bank only giving out one, you know, one scholarship. 
but they selected five. And I remember we went to this interview and I remember my mom came with me to that interview. Yes, she did. She came with me. And they, they were just basically asking me what were my dreams? What do I plan to do after university? How do I think this will, the, the scholarship will help me? You know, and I went in there and I did my best and I got the scholarship. That scholarship, was it a one-year scholarship or? Rest of university. Yep, for the rest of university. So happy I never thought of the tuition. The only thing I thought about was the fact that she's going to university and her mom is not here on earth. What's stopping you? What is stopping me? Exactly. What is stopping me? My mom is alive and my mom is very supportive. So guess what? I'm going to university. And I went and it was the best three years of my life. I would encourage anybody to go to university. I think I found myself in university. I started as a shy, naive young lady and I left bold and confident. I mean, I'm talking about I'm running for student council, president, election. Oh my God, I never thought I would do stuff like that. You know, university does that for you. And while I know university may not be for everybody, I will encourage students, even adults, put it as an objective, put it on your bucket list. Because the truth is that we need to stop putting deadlines as to when we are supposed to do things. Stop that. You're stressing yourself out. It's okay to go to university at 20 years of age. It's okay to go at 30 years of age. It's okay to go at 40. It's okay. Go, do what you want to do, study, work hard, get your qualifications, you know, and move on to the next level. You finish your university. What happened next? With honors, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, yes, yes, with honors. From a student who was in the dunces class. Yes, who was considered dunce. That's basically what I was considered. Dunce. After university, you no, know, I don't know, call it a blessing again if you so desire. Call it working hard, call it being recognized for hard work. A part of my degree program is that I have to do what they call teaching practice, where you have to go into a school for three months, a whole term, and teach, and you're observed. And the school that I did my practice with they actually sent for me. They called the university and asked if I got a job and if I needed a job in their school, there's one there waiting for me. Wow. Yes, the university then called me, asked me if I'm working, but I was working. I finished uni the May and I was in a job by the June. Oh, it's tough <laughs> because my heart was in it. I really want to teach, you wow. know, I want to teach. That's where I come alive, you know? And I said, okay, and I accepted the job. No, this is before I, told, I tell the company that I'm leaving, you know? I accepted the job, everything. I remember time was wrapping up now. August was coming to an end. I need to let them know I'm gonna leave. Anyway, I mustered up the courage. Yeah, I did, I mustered up the courage and I remember I called it and I just explained. I basically was honest with them. I just let them know, I really appreciate the job. The job is good. I'm actually practicing what I learned in university, you know, that, you know, but I think I want to teach it. So I think that is why I left that job and went into teaching and I've been in teaching ever since. Right.
yep, over 20 years now. But I taught information technology, computer studies for 15 years because it was a skill I was determined for students to learn, IT skills. Yes, I, I knew it was going to be take, take over this world at one point. So I was adamant about teaching IT. Come on, you need to learn how to turn on a computer. You need to learn how to troubleshoot. You need to learn how to type a letter. And I always say, I want to go into that classroom and give every child an opportunity, just every child an opportunity to just realize your potential, believe in yourself. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. It doesn't matter. It's about where you want to go. Where do you want to go? Where do you see yourself? Because I learned something growing up. <clears throat> we judge kids, you know, whether we know it or not, whether we do it consciously or not. We, we judge kids and it's wrong. Because, and I think that's why we lose kids along the way because we, we, they walked in and we said, but this one can't talk, she dance. You know, try, saying it using my dialect. You know, or another student walked into the classroom and you say, this child can't read. <laughs> in high school, I remember my English teacher gave us an assignment. She gave us a picture and we were to write a story about the picture. The picture looks like a, a glass ball looking thing with something in the middle and I can't figure out what it was. I was, <laughs> I was embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. But guess what? It was, it, it was an aquarium. Two things. I've never heard that word before. <laughs> I don't know what it is. You saw experience is important to your education. Being exposed. That's why it's important for parents to let the teacher, the kids read. Take them places. Take them out the community. Show them things. Take them to even the supermarket. Talk to them. I didn't know what it was. And that is one of the things that I try to do with my students now. I try to expose them as much as possible. Yeah. I, I'm supposed to be teaching economics, accounting, business. Yeah. But you know what else I also teach? Sociology, history, um, chemistry, geography. I, I teach them everything because I want them to know things and to be aware of things to open their imagination and know that you can dream. I just wanted to be a teacher. So the truth is when I graduated from university, I've accomplished my dream. I'm a teacher. But here where things change again, because you grow, you know, you grow, you learn. When you're around people who are progressive and ambitious and driven, you're gonna get the bug. Mm -hmm. So of course, signed up for a master's program. Now I don't need to tell you that I was one, I don't even know where the tuition was gonna come from. I never think of the tuition. I just find the program, the institution, register. They accepted me into the master's program and the tuition find itself basically, find itself, it was paid for and I graduated with the honors after I remember at graduation and I was in the crowd just looking at the graduates, listening to the message. And I remember I said to myself, Shandy, you can do anything. 
because this girl who grew up in an inner city in Kingston where crime and violence was very prevalent never thought of having a master's degree and when I realized I have earned for myself a master's degree I know without a doubt I can do anything in this life once I want it I can get it that's what that taught me and since then it has been as a matter of fact it's one of the reasons why I left Jamaica because I was thinking of becoming a a lecturer in a university. I'm now dreaming big. I now realize I can become a professor. So it's not about teaching anymore. I want to be a professor. At one point I say, you know what? I need to become the minister of education. I'm just dreaming now because it is possible. It is possible. And the only thing that can limit my dream is me by saying, I can't do that or I won't do that. I'm limiting myself. I'm now telling myself I can become the minister of education where I'm able to impact change at the highest level. And you are looking to do this in England? Well, not necessarily. It's just that I came here for the experience and the opportunities that comes with it. I am now a qualified teacher in the United Kingdom and also a certified middle leader and I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot. I, I, I used to think I knew, I know teaching. Yeah, I used to say, oh my, I have, when I came here, I was like, listen, I've been doing this for 15 years. I know this. Yeah. But I've learned so much about educating children, young adults, you know, and, and I'm just trying to take it all in because I'm, I'm in a land of opportunity, you know. I would love to go back to my country one day and just give back to the education system there. We want to change gear a little bit. We want to talk about the education system. We want to quickly look at how has the education system transitioned over, say, 20, 30 years, your time? Oh, it has changed massively. I, back in my days when I was going to school, it was about sit, shut up, and listen. And then the teacher just pour the knowledge. I mean, just imagine a jug and you're just pouring water into it. You know, that's what, what the, the teacher just pour the knowledge into your head. And if, if, if you feel saturated, you just don't absorb anymore. Or, you know, that's just how it was. But in the last, say, 10 years, that's where the most change, I would say, has taken place. Where we are now realizing that with technology, teachers' roles are changing. You know, our roles are changing. Your, your job is not so much as to pour the knowledge. Pour, pour. It's about showing them, guiding them, um, supporting, facilitating students in how to achieve or search for knowledge. You know, that's what it is about with the use of technology. The pandemic, for example, has changed education again. Oh my God, the education will never be the same again in terms of how information is delivered to the students, how students are assessed, you know, how students complete assignments and 
and learn. It, it, it has changed and technology will be one of the driving forces behind that change. Let's spend some more time on, on how the pandemic influencing, impacting, changing education system globally from students being at home versus being in the classroom. How is it impacting parents in all sectors? How is it impacting the education on a whole? I think the pandemic, like with every other sector, has shown up the weakness weaknesses or the limitations of what we were doing. What happened is that we were now expecting students to learn in a situation that is not conducive to learning because most homes are not conducive to learning. So what, what I can guarantee you is that there has been some negative impacts on children's education. <clears throat> Unfortunately, the lower income group of the society, and I'm talking about every society, developed countries, developing countries, they have been affected adversely, more significantly, unfortunately. And this is one of the reasons why I, 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 I encourage, I, I, I talk to people who are from disadvantaged background because you tend to be the one who are affected the most. And this pandemic has shown that. I want to touch a little bit on mental health, stresses, anxiety, all of those things. How is it, how is it showing up in education and how, how are we handling it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that's one of the negatives. You know, we are social beings. And one of the things that school environment provides for young people, young adults, is that social interaction. And unfortunately, the pandemic puts us in boxes. So we were not able to socialize. And if you, uh, let me tell you, if you don't have a strong support system, which could be in the sense, in the form of families, friends, you know, a church group, if you are, a believer, you know, but you need a support group where you can say, guess what? Today was not a good day. You know, what this has also taught us is that it's important that we exercise and we, we eat properly because th those things do affect our mental health as well. What are schools doing about this? Very good question because for example, right here in England, schools are reopening. And one of the things that my school is doing for a fact first teachers have been introduced to well mental health courses because they need to make sure that your, the teachers as well is in your headspace is in the right place but we're preparing ourselves for the students so that when they come in we can be sensitive to this because it's real it's happening. Some students feel isolated. They feel lonely. They feel left alone. They are scared. They don't understand what is happening. Too much changes are happening. Why can't I go to school? What is happening? You know, and we, we need to be sensitive about these things. So schools are preparing. Yeah. And another thing that I know from my time going to school, the importance of the classroom was where 
I was, can I say, inspired. I learned from my classmates too, not just from the teacher, right? You know, there were guys in my class who were good artists. They were good at drawing. They were good at maths. They were good at something. And I would like sit close to them and I was like, come on, how did you do this? You know, those things help me. When you're at home, you're by yourself, you're on your own. You have to figure things out on your own. And if your parents don't have the skill set again, you're going to struggle. Would you say? Of course. And that's what happens as well. You know, they, they, they miss that because that's, students learn very well from each other, you know. Yeah. And that's why teachers do a lot of teamwork and group work because they learn that way. And that was taken away. And they were on their own. It's taken away, but it's not so much by our choice or decision. It's just, it's an, you know, uncontrollable situation and we are forced to do this. So what we, we therefore have to do is to make the best of it. We have to make it work. We have to become adaptable and, you know, make it work. Now, here's a, here's a question I have for you. On, online learning, how effective is this? And what does... 5, 10, 20 years gonna look like when these people learn in this way, how effective are they gonna be 10, 20 years from now? Online learning is effective, but on its own, I would say not as. Remember that social factor that we talk about? That is why most schools incorporate what we call blended learning, which is a combination of face-to-face -face and online. So the online aspect of the learning process would be where students get the opportunity to do practice quizzes, for example, or to reflect on something they have watched, like the teacher may have prepared a video in advance, which may be introducing the topic to come or explaining something that they need to discuss or you know, talking about a real life event and their teachers sit, reflect on what they have watched and then to contribute to a discussion forum um, online learning will also be used to help them to do their research. It could be to access the work that was discussed in lesson, to, to upload their assignment at the end of the day and so on. So the two together will become even more effective, especially the secondary stage of education. As they get older, like university, it may even become a greater proportion of their learning process. Because let me tell you something, I know for a fact that educators are now thinking along that line where how can we incorporate technology into the teaching and learning process? And we know we have to prepare students for this because it's, it's change and we don't necessarily gravitate towards change easily. So it's going to take a, take a while, but I, I can just imagine it's just a matter of changing the mindset as to how we learn and to understand that learning takes place anywhere, anywhere. What are you learning? All the teacher is gonna become is like a facilitator. Now, you mentioned that online learning is effective. All right, let's bring us into the future, if you will. 10, 20 years from now, what will it look like? Well, I know for a fact that there's going to be an increase in demand for IT skills. So we can talk about that. But as I said before, what you're going to find happening is that online learning and teaching is going to become the norm. 
That's what is going to happen. It's going to become the norm, the way of teaching and learning. You may have, I'm just dreaming now, you may end up having a situation where instead of students, instead of students going to school five days per week, they may only go three. And the two days, they do the rest online. And I'm not saying that they are online by themselves, you know, because you have a thing we call synchronous learning, where the teacher may meet them online by a platform yeah. and they have interaction right there online, yeah. you know, and so on. So that's where I see it going, where it, it is becoming the norm. We're in every aspect of teaching. And I'm talking about as early as early education, where students know I need to have access to a computer because there are going to be assignments for me to access. There's going to be PowerPoint for me to access. If I miss my lesson, no excuse anymore. Oh, miss, I wasn't in class. I didn't do the work. Mm -mm. It's online. Download. Do it at your own pace. Upload by a given timeline. So that's how I see it happening. Right? It, it just becomes the norm. That is where teaching is going to be. Does it mean that teachers are going to become obsolete? No. It just means that teachers are going to have to become what we call expert generalist and not so much specialist anymore. There's a question I want you to address for me. This is a concern I've had. Now, growing up, the, the change from the 90s into the 2000s, there was a scare that technology will replace people in the industry, in the workplace. Is, that, is there any truth to that? And if, if we are educated, could that protect our job in the industry? All right, good question as a matter of fact. Yeah. I remember that time. But the truth is that, you see, human beings can't become obsolete. We can't be obsolete. You have to understand, technology is not replaced. Technology is replacing the skill of the person. Those sometimes menial tasks, things that you can just program a robot to do and it will just do it repeatedly, um, accurately, all the time. What this era or this time is teaching us is don't be so afraid about technology replacing you. All it means is that we need to be retrained. Those very same robots is going to need somebody to maintain them and to repair them. Learn that skill and you will always be needed. It's, a, it's, a, it's just a matter of saying, okay, all right, so this job is going to become, see, it's the job, it's the skill area that has become obsolete. It's not you. You can be retrained. You can learn new things. You have to know a little of everything. You have to know technology. You have to understand technology. You know, they have to understand psychology in addition to what they're teaching. That's just all it means. It's just, we're gonna have to adapt and we're adaptable. And we are resilient if the, the, this pandemic has taught us that. So we will change, it will be a gradual change, but it will become the norm in the future. Because education is not about sitting into a classroom. Education is how do you learn? And then how do you use that information to make your life easier? As a matter of fact, let me expand on that a little. I think somewhere along the line, we failed our students when we taught education to be some a way of getting a good job. You know, and you know the funny thing about it, rich people don't tell their kids that, you know. Rich people say you're going to school to learn how to start your business or to learn how to take over the family's business 
or how to create your own business or how to invest so you can continue to live a upper class life in society. Question though, whether someone tells their children, go to school to learn to get a good job or say, learn, go to school to learn how to take over my business. What's the difference? I don't see a difference really. The difference is this, because we tell the kids, you're going to get a job. Kids are now realizing, but hold on, I don't need to go to school to get a lot of money. I don't. There are a lot of people on social media are saying that I didn't go to college. Yeah. I don't have a university degree. I didn't do this, 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 and I have money. Yeah. And then our young people, our vulnerable people in society, the ones who are supposed to come and take over are saying, School is not wasting my time. But that's not what school and education is about. It's, it's about developing the whole human being. It's, it's, it's so that you can be make good decisions that will minimize the stress of your life. And if you are making good decisions as a household, it means that the community will make better decisions. And if the, the community is making good decisions, the country will make good decisions. Earlier, you touched on you would like to rise as high as you can in the education sector. I want, I want to talk about two things about you. We're going back to you now, right? What are some of your accomplishments or your most memorable moments? What stood out to you most? When I received my, when I earned my master's degree and I walked on that stage and collected that diploma in my hand. I remember when I opened it and it was actually in it. <laughs> you know, sometimes they give you that container and it's like empty and they say, come and pick it up later. It was actually in it. And I'm like, oh my God, it's real. I, I always remember that because it always takes me back to that place of everything is possible. You know, I remember also when I got the opportunity to write my first book, yep. That was awesome, that, that, that feeling I got. I remember when I was walking on the, in the mall and someone said to me, I was walking with a friend and the person said, is that your book? And I looked, I was like, oh my God, that's my book. That's my book, you know, and I took pictures of it. That was good, that was a good accomplishment as well. Two years ago, I saw I got, I was, I became a qualified teacher in the United Kingdom. You know, why is that an accomplishment? It's a very, when it comes to the, 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 the English education system is well known, well renowned, it's, you know, it's highly regarded. And to see myself, uh, listen now, get it right. I'm talking about a young lady, a little girl who grew up in an inner city yeah. in Kingston, Jamaica, yeah. where there were violence all around. Is now teaching in a secondary school in the United Kingdom. You know, these are some accomplishments that stood out for me in my journey for the last 20 years. I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. All right, so where do you go from here? What next for you? Ah, I would love to start my own business. My students actually inspired that one. Mm -hmm. I remember meeting a student of mine and she had her own business, you know, and I was talking to her, telling her how I'm proud of her and, you know, what can I do to help? And she said, Miss, why haven't you started a business? I said, very good idea. That's a very good 
question. She said, you know, you taught me these things. And I was like, wow. So I think I, that's one of the things I want to do in the future. I want to start a business. What will your business be? Would it be a, a school? Would it be some supplement to this education system? I have this plan that I have with my husband. My husband is a very skilled, you know, young man. He will do the production and I will deal with human resource and accounting. So I see us coming together and working as a team and making a successful business. What's the timeline like for, for this idea? I'm looking at five years time because I've already started planning. You know, you have to do your business plans. I've already started planning, writing down what it's going to look like, you know, cost, all of that. Looking forward to see it. Uh, I like your energy and passion. Now, what other outreach program have you been a part of? It's more, I'm very involved in my church and we do a lot of, you know, community service. Yeah. So in that sense, I have been playing my part, you know, helping where I can, especially during this pandemic, one of the things that we have been doing as a church, we have been giving out food items, you know, we go to homes of our church, the elders in our church. And while we don't, we stay six weeks, so we will be at the gate, for example, but at least they know we're at the gate and how are you doing? You know, so, you know, in that sense, we, we, we call each other, we keep in touch, making sure everybody's okay, making sure the mental health is not getting out of hand and so on. So in that sense, I would say my contribution is through the church. I'm also a, a, a mentor for my university, you know, I will always give back to my university. So I'm a mentor every year, they give, up, they give us a mentee, you know, which could be a first year student or a second year student, usually someone in your field or who have desire to go in your area of study and you will just mentor that person for the, for, for the academic year. If you want to keep them on for the following year, you have that option as well. I always talk to my mentees about finance good financial habits, you know, becoming financial, financially capable. So I will take them to insurance companies and investment companies to talk to people and tell them about opportunities, what they could invest in, how to save and so on. I always talk to them also about making decisions with regards to career and even where to live. And they need, cause they need to understand economies and how economies operate. Some of the life skills that you need to understand. When you go to a country, it's an economy you're entering into. How do you fit into that economy? Yeah. You understand? So I will, we'll talk about things like that. You're a good mentor, very educated, very experienced with life, with the education system and so on. Are you open for people to reach out to you, connect with you? Do you look to connect, network with people? Can people reach you if they have a question, anything? Well, of course, because through my article that I've written every Tuesday on IT, you know, IT and education, um, there's my email address is there. And, you know, my readers will email me their concerns, their questions, ideas, suggestions. So I'm always open. I love to discuss these things, you know, about life and, you know, the changes and the challenges of life. It's going to be a pleasure. Awesome. Now, do you have any final words you would like to share? Oh, I tell you. See, life, there's this cliche where it says life is this journey. 
it's true. It's, 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 it's about the lessons we learn along the way. Yeah. The lessons. Have you become a better person as a result? I always wanted, I always tell people, if you do what is easy, your life will be hard. But if you do what is hard, your life will be easy. You have to remember that the choices you make will have consequences. Stop putting timelines on when you should accomplish things. Stop it. Be careful of who you surround yourself with. More importantly, what we think is reflected in our actions. So make sure you have good thoughts up here. Be positive in your thoughts. Try to entertain positivity first. Don't assume the negative. What if it, what if it crashes, okay? What if it doesn't? It's what I'm saying. Go for the positive. And then you'll find that your actions, your behavior will be a positive one as well. Oh my, it was such a pleasure to have you today. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching. We have Shandin White here with us. She's an educator, a curriculum developer, and a mentor to many. She loves education, and she wishes all of us to learn well and be great. Thank you for watching. I'll see you next time. Bye for now.